When I think about my journey to leadership, uh, one, I get a lot of encouragement because my road was not one that was this clear path. You know, I had to jump through a lot of different hurdles in order to get there. Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Smith, and I'm superintendent of Duncanville ISD, and this is my podcast, Super Intentional. Today, as I think about various topics that uh, come to my mind in terms of leadership and, and my leadership journey, you know, I, I often reflect on what it took to get to the superintendency. You know, anytime you're striving for a leadership position and career opportunities, sometimes things don't go just in this nice sequential order. And so in order to be a leader, part of it is about uh, being able to overcome and persevere through the journey of getting there. And so when I think about my journey to leadership, uh, one, I get a lot of encouragement because my road was not one that was this clear path. You know, I had to jump through a lot of different hurdles in order to get there. And I always say to people aspiring to be a leader, especially in the superintendent world, is all you need is one yes. And so when you get one yes from a board to hire you, all the other no's along the journey really don't matter at that point because now you've gotten your opportunity. And so for me, as I reflect on that journey, I had several interview opportunities. I, I was an assistant superintendent and it was uh, a goal of mine to become a superintendent. Uh, and so uh, I didn't have a whole lot of mentors at the time to kind of show me the way. So I just had to jump in the process and learn through trial and error. And so I interviewed several, several times. I had about six interviews and I made it to like the uh, finalist uh, on a number of occasions during that process. And each one of those times when I was told no, I had to regroup, had to not take it personal. And I just had to continue to persevere and fine tune my interview skills, understanding what boards were uh, looking for, uh, and then jump back in there with confidence and vigor to pursue the goal that I had in mind for myself. And so each opportunity, uh, even when it was a no, uh, I used it as motivation because I knew all I needed was one yes. And so oftentimes that's what it's about in leadership. You know, you, it's going to be uh, scenarios where maybe you don't get that first job that you go for, or maybe not even the second job, or if it's some other uh, initiative or aspiration that you are pursuing. Uh, but that stick to itness and that perseverance is so key uh, to getting to that end result. And so as I look back over my journey, that's one of the things that I reflect on that I think has been a strength, not only in leadership for gaining uh, the superintendent position, but also just in, uh, in, in leadership and life lessons. You have to persevere. Uh, that's what the journey of life is all about. And so that's what I've tried to take to the superintendent and in my daily, daily leadership. And it's so uh, in line with super intentional because you do have to be intentional about pursuing whatever it is that, that you want. 
So as I was going through the process of trying to become a superintendent uh, and interviewing all across the state of Texas and even uh, on one particular occasion outside the state of Texas, uh, I was so fortunate to be able to land my first superintendency after about six and a half years of being a superintendent uh, in East Texas. And that was an opportunity that really gave me a chance to learn what being a superintendent was about. Uh, I was uh, had never been in a rural area, and so I had to relocate to a rural area, had to be immerse myself into a different community. Uh, and immerse myself into uh, a school district as a leader. And I'll never forget on one occasion when I first arrived there, I was driving to work and I saw uh, these students and they were walking to the bus stop and walking down the street and walking to school. And as I was driving to the office, it just hit me as I saw these students that these students were literally counting on me uh, to be successful. They were counting on me to create an educational environment that would allow them to be successful, that would allow them to have an awesome K-12 experience and really set them up for their life beyond high school. And I took a great sense of ownership and responsibility in seeing that. And so it really gave me just a different motivation and a different way to think about things as I started off in my superintendency. And so I was there for uh, four years and we did some great things there. We passed a bond that uh, in that particular district hadn't been passed, a capital uh, project hadn't been passed in like 30 years. And so it took a lot to be able to gain the community's trust uh, in my leadership and gain the staff's trust uh, that they would take on such a huge, huge project. And now I look back and uh, so proud that that particular district has new schools and renovated schools all throughout uh, their school district. And those the community has a sense of pride and those students have a sense of pride of walking down the hall in those new schools. Well, none of that would have happened had I not just continued to persevere uh, to accomplish the goals that I set in place when I started this journey. And so now for many, many years to come, those students in that community, they're going to have schools that they can be proud of. So then Duncanville came calling, and uh, that was a really challenging time for me because I wasn't looking for uh, another leadership opportunity at that time. I was happy where I was, and I wanted an opportunity to be able to see the schools that we just worked so hard to get that bond passed. I wanted to see those come together and be final and see those kids walk into those schools. And so that's what my focus was. Well, Duncanville kind of came knocking on the door, and I uh, didn't really have any interest at first. Uh, because, um, you know, I'm from Houston and wanted to possibly make my way back to the Houston area. Uh, and so the interest just wasn't there. And I was so focused and locked in on the work that I was doing uh, in, in that particular district in East Texas. And so uh, I really didn't have that, uh, that real strong interest. 
But over time, as I began to study the district, as I began to become familiar with the history of the district, then I looked at the community and the board that was in place, my motivation started to change. So my interest grew and grew and grew. And so I decided to put my name in the hat. And keep in mind, I'd been on this journey before, and I kind of understood how the process worked. Uh, and so I didn't know uh, if I was going to get the job or not, but I put my name in the hat, and I was so focused uh, on uh, Duncanville and the process. My study, I look back on that interview process and the feedback that I got from the board, I was so knowledgeable about all aspects of Duncanville ISD. I remember in the interview process, I knew things about Duncanville ISD that some of the board members didn't even know. That was just the depth of the study of the community, the study of the data, the study of the board members, the study of uh, some of the district initiatives and where they were, the budget process, all of these things that are so important for potential superintendent candidates that you need to know about as you are walking into interviewing for a, uh, for a superintendent job in a school district. So I knew all of that data and that information. And there was a great sense of calmness and confidence when I went into the interview process. And so I went into the interview process and uh, I really felt good coming out of that interview. Uh, I was prepared. I was ready. Uh, I had experience and I knew Duncanville and it really seemed like a great fit for me and for Duncanville in terms of just my leadership style, my temperament uh, and what their needs were at that particular time. So um, I ended up uh, getting a call back for a second interview and uh, I uh, got the second interview and I was the last candidate. And so if you can imagine, the board had been interviewing several candidates all throughout uh, the day. And then here I was after they were tired, maybe a bit fatigued, maybe not as energized with some of the candidates that they had seen before. And so here I am coming in the last candidate. Now, I'm not knowing I'm the last candidate, but I learned after I was the last candidate. And so it's amazing how timing uh, works and uh, how things just come together when they're meant to be. So I was the last candidate coming in and uh, I came in and immediately grabbed their attention when I went into the interview process. I learned a long time ago, people like to be uh, affirmed and they like to be uh, told how good they are. So I went in and I first thing I said after I greeted them is it is good to be amongst the city of champions. And so they all just stood up in their chairs and I could tell their energy level was different because Duncanville is uh, the city of champions uh, and literally the city of champions. And so I began to recite some of the data that I had studied prior to coming in that that really aligned with uh, being a champion. And so that was my first connection with that board, my human connection with that board. And then as we begin to talk about some of the technical aspects of being a superintendent, I had already established that human connection right out of the gate. So things lined up 
And it was just meant for me to be uh, here in Duncanville. And the takeaway for those that are really aspiring for that superintendent position is things are going to line up when it's meant for you, when there's a good fit for you and the community and the school district. You don't have to press and force uh, that match to occur. You plan and prepare to the best of your ability, and then you go in and you make a connection with that board, and if it's a good fit, things are going to come together. And so when I arrived in Duncanville, I immediately put together my 100-day plan, and that really centered on uh, meeting various key stakeholders in the community, getting to uh, understand what their desires were for the district, understand um, what they wanted us to achieve, and really just listening so that I could learn uh, every aspect of the community uh, and, and really develop a relationship with people that would allow me uh, to uh, move forward early on in the district. So I wanted to know how people felt about the district, the good and the bad. And then that was going to help me to determine what our focus would be and what my focus would be as I entered into uh, the district. And then I just established protocols that allowed me to develop relationships and to create listening opportunities for uh, multiple stakeholder groups, whether that be teacher groups, student groups, parent groups, obviously school board and other stakeholders in the community. So over a series of meetings and asking simple questions, uh, what, do you, what do you like about Duncanville ISD? And, and what, what are your desires? What do you want to see Duncanville ISD in two years or in three years? What areas do we need to improve in? Asking those simple questions, you learn so much about what people value and about what people uh, want to see in, in their school system. And so uh, I went about the work of putting a plan in place to move the school district forward as quickly as possible. And when I arrived in Duncanville, Duncanville had multiple uh, academically unacceptable schools. Uh, and uh, there was a trust gap, which is what I call it. It's a trust gap when, when there's a lack of trust for the leadership for whatever reason. And so I knew that I had to close that trust gap. Uh, because I have this saying that people don't trust what they don't understand. So I had to make sure that uh, I understood uh, what the community and the stakeholders wanted and then that they understood me and my leadership style and temperament and that we were going to accomplish these things together. And so the way you restore trust is you have to listen. You have to earn that trust so instead of coming in with all these ideas and, um, you know, hear the goals and pointing out all the bad things, as a leader being super intentional, I was intentional about affirming what they had done and affirming some of the success points and affirming teachers and affirming uh, students and the potential that we had and affirming the board. And as I was focused and super intentional about that affirmation, that helped me to build relationships and build a trust. Once you build a relationship and build a trust, then you can speak into someone's life or you can speak into a situation and they won't take it in a negative way. And so um, 
that was so key for me to get off to a good start. So I identified pretty quickly some things that I felt like we could do in early in our tenure to one, bring students back to Duncanville ISD. Uh, at that time, the district had experienced a mass exodus. We didn't have uh, any uh, specialized programs and choice options that are so key uh, in uh, a parent's uh, desire for their students and what they see them being able to focus on educationally and having experiences uh, that will prepare them either for college or for a career so they can get off to a good start in their life. Well, we didn't have a lot of those programs in place when I arrived in Duncanville. And in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, charter schools are so prominent and they uh, market and publish all the different innovative programs and specialized academic uh, areas that they focus on. And then multiple districts around the DFW area, they all had uh, specialized programs and academies and magnets and uh, magnet schools and all kind of uh, opportunities for students and many of the students in Duncanville who were zoned to Duncanville they left the district uh, for better opportunities so I knew one of the things I had to do was get our students back and get parents confidence back that that going to Duncanville could also uh, be an opportunity for them to pursue uh, their goals and be exposed to a uh, innovative uh, academic program that their kids could be successful in. So we started with the high school and we developed uh, a collegiate academy. And I brought our stakeholders together and I said, you know, we are going to have innovation and choice options in Duncanville ISD. We're going to have the kind of academic programming and the specialization that our parents want. We surveyed our parents and we got feedback from the parents and the community that allowed us to determine which academic programs that we would target. And we focus on the high school. Everything centers around the high school in Duncanville ISD. And we started with uh, the Collegiate Academy. And that was an opportunity for students uh, to specialize in an academic program in a cohort setting where they could not only earn their high school diploma, but they also could earn a co uh, college hours. And uh, many of those students would uh, earn 30 to 60 college hours. So think about that, Go going into your freshman year, already having 30 or 60 plus college hours. We know what the retention rate is for freshmen as they go into college. And so uh, part of what sets them up for success is already having that exposure at the high school level. And so I look back now that we're three years or so since we've uh, started the Collegiate Academy, and it has been awesome to see students walk across that stage, already have a semester or a year of college already under their belt, and they're going to some of the greatest universities in the country right here in Duncanville. And there's a great sense of pride that I have uh, in uh, seeing our students be able to realize their dreams. And it started with just me hearing the community, um, getting an understanding of our parents and having the vision along with our team uh, to implement innovation and innovative programs uh, in our school district. 
And that has been so key to us being able to bring students back. And now, six years in uh, my superintendency here in the district, we have multiple programs throughout our district. We have Collegiate Academy. We have at our elementary schools an Acton Leadership Academy where these students are immersed in leadership, the seven habits of effect, of an effective leader. It is so amazing that we have kindergartners and first graders and second graders already understanding what it means to be an effective leader. And so instilling that in them and having that specialized program, that academy with that focus is going to help those students as they go through uh, our school system. Uh, at our middle schools, we have an academy at at both uh, at all three of our middle schools, we have a STEAM Academy, we have a Health Science Academy, and we have a Business Tech Academy. So these programs give students an opportunity to specialize in a particular area. And then once they matriculate to high school, they may decide to stay in that area or they may decide to branch out in other areas. But our high school is so well equipped and designed with so many opportunities for specialization for students that uh, it really is an ideal transition in their academic career. So that innovation and those choice options, we've been able to curtail that mass exodus. And in fact, we've seen many, many students come back to Duncanville ISD because now they can get what they want, what they desire and what they need right here at home. They don't have to go to these other districts. So when I look back on how we started and where we were and now where we are as it relates to innovation and the kind of programs, I'm really proud of where we are. We still have a lot of room to grow in that area and we're focused on those growth areas as we move forward. We'll be super intentional about uh, continuing to provide choice and innovation uh, for our students, but that is indeed a point, uh, a point of pride. As we think about all that we have done to get started, none of us could have predicted what would happen about two and a half years ago, and that was the pandemic. And so we had this momentum where we were doing really great things, we literally went from the lowest performing school district in the best Southwest to the highest performing school district in the Texas accountability system in the best Southwest. And so right before the pandemic hit, uh, we had a B rating and uh, we were on this upward trajectory of our students performing at a high level we had received and had been had been acknowledged as one of the school districts in the North Texas area who saw the fastest growth from where you started to where you ended up. Uh, and so we were really in a in a real good place. And I was so excited about what the future held for us as we were moving forward. And then the pandemic hit. And that totally turned everything upside down. We could not have prepared for uh, what we were to experience in the pandemic. And so uh, I look back and there's so much that I've learned uh, going through the pandemic. Obviously, I've learned a lot about the academic side of things and how you needed to and how you need to uh, continue to persevere. 
uh, and serve your students even during a, during a pandemic. But I've learned so much more about the resiliency of uh, our, our our people, our teachers, you know, our employees, uh, our parents, and our students. And so that resiliency has really gotten us to this point and I think has positioned us as we work our way through the other side, hopefully, of the pandemic, that we'll be able to pick back up on that upward trajectory that we saw right before the pandemic hit. The pandemic has changed the game uh, in, in many ways. And so we've had to rethink how we were going to take care of our students and take care of our staff during the pandemic. And so from the student side, you know, our students, many of them have been out of school for multiple years. If you could think about if you were in the second grade when the pandemic hit, well, the next time you show up to school in person, face to face, you're in fourth grade. And that is a huge, huge jump. You've spent your third grade year, which was so critical and is so critical in an elementary student's learning uh, journey. That third grade year is critical. Well, you spent your, potentially, you spent your third grade year at home learning um, on a computer. And so when you think about that, and then you may not have had a computer that whole time, you may not have had access to technology, and even during that time, you may not have had access to high-power, high-speed Internet. And so there you are as a third grader trying to learn reading and math without the essential tools and without the connection of a caring teacher in front of you. And then the next time you show up for school face-to-face, -face, you're in your fourth grade year. So when you just pause and really think about that, that is huge. And then you see the exponential challenges when you think about Duncanville. And we have like about 13,000 students in Duncanville. So we're talking thousands upon thousands of students that have missed some key academic time during their learning career. On top of that, you think about the emotional challenges that our students face, not being in a... Um, learning environment, not being in an environment where they're able to grow and connect with other caring adults, uh, not being in an environment where they're able to do the kind of things and experience the kind of things that students experience that really educate the whole child. Uh, so they, they missed all of that. And so they are at home. Many are at home somewhat isolated as parents are having to work so that takes a huge emotional toll on the students. And then on the parents, the parents also had to experience emotional uh, trauma, uh, if you will, as they were going through uh, the pandemic, trying to work and take care of their family, while at the same time uh, hoping that their student and their kid was at home being engaged in learning. And so that was a, a big challenge in that area. Uh, and then there are so many challenges also from our teachers. And so I've always said, you know, in a crisis, what you have to do is you have to persevere through a crisis. Crisis comes to us in many shapes and many forms. And so if you're going to 
thrive through the crisis and make it to the other side, then there's some perseverance and there's some hope and there's some positivity that needs to be uh, in place in order to to get to the other side. And I like to think that my leadership inspires that hope and my leadership inspires the uh, mindset that we can do this. And so it's been so good to watch our parents, our students and our teachers really make it through this crisis and work their way through a very challenging time. And so I'm super excited about the future and I'm super intentional about the work that we have to do to get back to that starting point. And so I always say that leadership matters and everything rises or falls depending upon the leadership. And as a leader, you have to be super intentional. And I've tried to be super intentional in every aspect of my work and my career. And I'm so excited as I look back that I get to this point and it's given me a lot of motivation, a lot of encouragement, and a can-do spirit of what we're going to accomplish moving forward in Duncanville ISD. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Super Intentional with Dr. Mark Smith. Go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening on audio platforms, be sure to subscribe and rate the episodes. Follow us on all social media platforms.